0: what's up everybody this is drew aka aren't you funny bringing you yet another lovely episode of peace of mind and i am joined yet again by mr awesome bailey aka vapor aka mr awesome and um, <laughs> hopefully we're going to be bringing you some awesome crispy content today hope that you all enjoyed as much as usual it maybe even more so who knows because you know i feel like we're kind of getting a good flow getting a good feel for things and And uh, you know, the podcast seems to be stepping it up a bit and I've really, one thing I have to say um, is that, and I've gotten some awesome feedback from people that I interact with on Twitch regularly and people that I interact with in person and all of that. And I, I greatly appreciate the feedback. Like, please keep it coming because that's only going to make the podcast better, which then makes it reach more people, which then makes me happy which then hopefully makes you all happy too. So it's a lovely trickle down effect. So please keep that coming by all means because that continues to encourage me and continues to let me know that I'm on the right path, doing the right thing. You know, some things that I can switch up and change up here and there and make it a little bit better. But, you know, whatever I need to do to keep giving you all that awesome content, that's what I'm going to try and do. So. With that being said, I am going to start with my usual disclaimer of even though I am a therapist by day and a gamer by night, I am not your therapist as much as I'm sure I would love to be. Um, So, you know, this isn't intended to be a replacement for anything that you've got going on with whatever professional advice or life coaching or whatever the case may be, Um, whatever services you may be involved in. This isn't to replace any of that. This is just kind of like a food for thought kind of thing and um, maybe teach you some things that you hadn't considered or maybe giving you a different perspective on things, you know, that kind of stuff, things that we can do to try and make your life at least a little bit better. So that's the aim of the show. Um, Also, if you are in a point where you're just like, you know what, I just really can't deal. Life's a little bit too much. As much as I would love to be a great resource for you, I'm not going to be the most appropriate one. Um, I highly recommend that you reach out to whatever's comfortable for you. If it's the suicide hotline, if it's, um, you know, your local crisis services or whatever the case may be, please reach out to them because I guarantee you're not alone and there are people that care about you. Um, And I want you to get whatever you need to become the happiest, healthiest human being possible. So I recommend that you do that. Um, so with that being said, uh, Mr. Bailey and I have kind of like a, <laughs> a widespread of things that we're going to talk about today. Uh, some a little bit more in detail than others. But um, basically, Bailey texted me this week and he was like, yo, I've got some ideas for the podcast. Like, I'm an awesome human being. And I went back and listened <laughs> to some of your old podcasts. And I'm like, yo, these are some things that you talked about that you probably should have talked about more. I was like, yo, (laughs) that sounds great. Let's make this happen. Um, Because Bailey's always full of awesome ideas, especially for the podcast. So um, forgive us if we jump around a little bit today. And if we're, you know, because usually we're focused on like, oh, this is our main theme. Um, So hopefully you'll be able to follow along with us. If not, please send me some feedback and be like, hey, you should have focused on this more and turn this into a completely other episode, which I'm sure Bailey will do anyway. But if you all have <laughs> ideas, please feel free to do so. Just reach out to me and be like, Hey, yo, drew, you should have done this. It's all good. Uh, so, you know, first of all, I'll, in, in case this is your first time meeting Bailey, which it shouldn't be, but in case this is your first time tuning in and you're like, yo, who is this guy? What is all this? I don't even know what this means. Um, Bailey, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and, and we'll get started.
1: All right. Uh, my name is Bailey. I, uh, used to stream blah, blah, blah. A lot of people know me as RX Vapor or NASCARlo on Xbox. Uh, that's about it. That's about it.
0: Yep. All true statements. Oh, please, please. Yep. So he's going to try and downplay <laughs> the things that he does now. Okay. So, um, <laughs> some other truths about Mr. Bailey is that he is uh, the epitome of an entrepreneur because he uh, decided that he was going to go join his friends in... Excuse me. He was going to go join some of his friends in Florida and is now like the president of uh, Car Tracker and is also involved in a a car-related business called Black Ops Performance. So he also has some real world experience just outside of I used to be a streamer like please <laughs> <laughs> this guy over here um so yeah so that's uh and and really Bailey's just an awesome dude so I love having him on when when we get the chance and um that's what brings him on the podcast so
1: thank you I appreciate it
0: <laughs> it's all good man just telling the truth so uh once would you like to start with mr. Bailey what do you feel like would be appropriate
1: um I guess we'll start with like I guess the main topic the life work balance we'll go from that and kind of break it off from there
0: okay so let's let's do just that
1: you want to go or you want me
0: (laughs) you know I'm feeling a little uh I'm feeling a little tangential today so I think you should go first because I'm going to end up going on a tangent. So I think you should start, and then I'll follow up. How about that? Okay. Yeah, works for me. <laughs> All right.
1: So, um, so life-work balance, I guess, for to start things off, what it means to me is everyone should work their heart out, in my opinion. Never, sure. never be lazy and take life for granted. Um, and my opinions in life – happens that i got thrown into a job at 15 and a half because my parents were like get the hell out of our house you need to go get a job and pay bills i was like okay (laughs) we will do and so when i first got my job it was i started out as a dairy assistant so i stocked eggs milk ordered milk ordered cheese everything you need for dairy products i guess (laughs) anyways So it started off as a 40 hour week, a job. Yeah, all of the above. And I was really good at it. And most people would just be like, How in the world are you good at stocking milk? Don't question my powers, okay? It just (laughs) happens. (laughs) This baby superpower. That's right. I just go to random grocery stores and do it now for free. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So. My manager noticed all my hard work and, like, the 40 year old guy that's worked there his whole life, poor thing. I uh, feel bad for him. Um, he goes up to the du- the main manager and he's like, This kid just went in here and has only been doing this job for a month, and I'm going to be completely honest, does it better than I do. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, thanks. But that's basically telling the manager, I'm taking your job. And that's what happened. It was really nice. sad, and I felt like a dirt, uh, jerk, but, you know, it, it is what it is. So I became the dairy manager for that, and then the produce manager left, and I became the produce manager, and then I became the frozen manager, and then I started doing stuff in the meat department, and then I became, I did gas, uh, cashier, bagger, and um, gas clerk at a grocery store, and I was like, why aren't they giving me these lowball jobs now? And I asked the manager, and he was like, oh, you're doing all these lowball jobs because you're going to a new store to run it. And I was like, what do you mean run it? He's like, you're going to be a co-manager at another store. (laughs) I was like, you mean the big co-manager? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) And so at this point, I didn't even have a car at the moment. I was still driving my mom's car. And like it broke down all the time because it was just a piece of junk. And it was halfway my fault because uh, when I got off of work at midnight, I'd go do burnouts in it and everything. And sorry, mom. Uh, (laughs) It's my fault your car sucks. Uh, (laughs) So um, I started doing that job, and the car wouldn't start one day. And my manager was like, what do you mean you can't get into work? You better walk to work. And I was like, nah, bro, I'm not walking to work. That's like, that's
0: <laughs> not a, a
1: two hour walk. It's a 30 minute drive already. And so he came and picked me up and he was like, you're not leaving here and you're not going home until me and you go to a dealership and go get you a car.
0: Dang. I was like, well, I don't
1: have the money for this. And he was like, well, you better find the money. And I was like, what do you mean? You can't just do this to me. And he's like, well, I'm doing it to you. So he took me to a car dealership. I called my great-grandpa, and I was like, this is happening. And <laughs> my grandpa was like, well, I'm not giving you much money. Here's a grand. Hope this works. And I was like, okay. And I went to a place, and I bought this little Chrysler 300 uh, piece of junk. It uh, it only ran for like two months. It broke down on me on Thanksgiving Day. Oh. And yeah, so I didn't get to eat dinner with my family or anything. It, it, it sucked.
0: it not a good day.
1: Yeah, not a great day at all. Anyways, uh, I went back to work like really disappointed after the whole Thanksgiving holiday, and they are like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm just going to go be a big boy and go in debt, and I went and bought my first car. Like real car, okay, and which is the little red rocket that everyone knows me for posting on yeah. Facebook for two years straight. That everyone's like, "Why are you yeah, showing you off did. your grandma sedan?" Because it's my grandma sedan, <laughs> and it's loud and obnoxious. <laughs> but um, so anyway, I'm just giving everyone a brief story of how this goes, and then I'll get into the topic. I know I'm going off charts. You're good, but man.
0: I, I told anyways, you it's gonna be a tangent yeah, so, day for me, so it's all good.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I bought that car, and everything went great. And I was getting moved, like I was making more money at the grocery store and stuff because I could get on a salary, I could make uh, more money, blah, blah, blah. And I was doing 73 to 80 hours a week. So I was home during the week for 10 hours. Yeah. I seen my bed every week, 10, 15 hours a week. And the rest I was sitting in a grocery store. And it was driving me up the wall. I would like I would come home like my little sister would say hey to me to be like please shut up and leave me alone type stuff. Like it was getting to me bad. Yeah. And so I told my boss I was like look I need to back off these hours or I need a vacation or something. And he's like okay here's a here's a forty eight hour vacation take the weekend.
0: I off. knew it. Don't I was gonna about- say like a day. <laughs>
1: yeah. He was like, don't think about Ingalls, don't think about the grocery store, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow, 48 hours, okay. And then I was sitting there, I was like, okay, I better not complain about this 48 hours. I better run out the door and go enjoy it. Yeah. And so I was hanging out with the girlfriend I had at the time. And I got called on the Sunday that I was supposed to be off at 6 a.m. They're like, hey, sorry, we know you're supposed to be on vacation or taking these two paid days off, but we need you in here. And I was like, are you serious? And they're like, yeah. And at that moment, I just knew. So I walked in, and I was like, look, here's um, here's my keys. I'm putting in my two weeks notice. Do whatever you got to do. But I'm, I'm not staying here anymore. Boom. And so I finished out my two weeks and knocked that out, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't have a job for like two weeks. But I had money saved up, so it wasn't like I was hurting yeah. or anything. But, like, I relaxed. They, my parents were like, Why aren't you going to get a job right now? And I was like, Because I'm on vacation. I literally quit to be on vacation. So, <laughs> and so I took two weeks just like away from everything, went to like Tennessee and then went to the beach and everything. It was like I, I went and did everything those two weeks. You were living hard. I, when I got back from vacation, yeah, I looked at my bank account and I was like, Oh, no, I need a job. <laughs> and so I went and applied for this uh, company that makes train breaks. They like do oh. all the brake system for trains, and I was gonna make really, really good money. And I'm stupid for still not taking it, but you know I well, wouldn't have done the not. stuff I'm about to tell you about exactly. now. Yeah, yeah. But um, I guess I should say I was dumb for not finding that job years ago. I guess sure. is what I should say. Sure. Um. Anyways, so I, I it was the day. Before me, um, and let me say this part uh, real quick. Parker, I love yeah. you, blah, blah, blah. I, know, I see you in the chat. May I see you, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, anyways, so it was the day before I was supposed to start there, and I knew a guy in Florida that was doing this whole Black Ops thing and was like showing, throwing me these ideas about the whole car show tracker thing but didn't know how to get it started or off the ground.
0: You're like, dude, I'll do
1: and, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I called the train people. They're like, Hey, where are you at? And I was like, Oh, I'm on my way to Florida, sorry, I'm not coming in. I I, I oh, quit, I guess. Savage <laughs> Yeah. And they're like, What? You could have told us. I was like, Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> savage. But anyways, I came to Florida and um I started helping with uh black ops, doing all this import stuff with JDM cars. Um and then I got car show tracker off the ground and I am a I'm in the process of building a new website for Car Show Tracker, getting the app developed and all that. So here I am with all that.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think one, anyway, one other important thing to note with all of that is that you've always had an interest in cars from day one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, okay. you know, oh, yeah. not only... I mean, my
1: dad worked for NASCAR and everything, so... Right,
0: exactly. Which I didn't know that. That's awesome. Um,
1: yeah, he did but... the buckshot car, the Cheez-It car, so...
0: Okay. So, My whole you know, house
1: was filled with Tylenol and Cheez-Its. That's all I ever <laughs> ate for dinner.
0: <laughs> so you ate Tylenol for dinner. All right, respect.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a side dessert. <laughs> <There's>
0: respect. <laughs> <laughs> We're having PB&J and Tylenol, kids. Oh, okay, that sounds great. Yep. Um, no, but... <laughs> um, so I think one, one important quick thing to note with this is that uh, Bailey not only took it wasn't just like a random, Oh, okay. I'm just going to go to Florida now. Like, you know, your passion came up and you were like, yeah. Hey, I've got to take advantage of this while I can. Um, uh, because I mean, because of your huge interest in cars. And so not only would you be able to get to work with cars one-on-one, but you would be able to basically build like, uh, the beginnings of, of a franchise or an empire, uh, and, in, in car related things. Exactly. Yeah. That's the hope. um, and at the very least you're getting a huge amount of experience so oh yeah it's
1: gonna be one hell of a resume if it doesn't exactly (laughs) exactly
0: um so so yeah i think that's that's just a quick side note before you got into the rest of it because i felt like that's important
1: yeah yeah of course yeah um but yeah like anyway i was i just wanted to give everyone a brief story of what i'm doing and how life started for me but um the life balance system is definitely going back to the grocery store life of working seventy or eighty hours a week. Like yeah. you don't have a social life, you don't get to see your girlfriend or if you're your best friends for all that matter. You literally came home, went to bed, took a shower, went right back to work every yeah. single day. And everyone's like, "Oh, don't complain," blah blah blah. A lot of people are lucky to have jobs. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I was lucky to have a job. I love making a paycheck. Yeah but your your body, your brain, everything breaks down. I your health you're getting a paycheck but your health is not your health is literally killing you slowly. Yeah. So definitely learning that money wasn't everything. It was yeah. it was great to have, but sometimes when you look at and at the light at the end of the tunnel and it's a picture of you dying because you work too hard you know you don't
0: <laughs> yeah don't yeah, want that
1: sure. <laughs> and, sure. and I was like I was 18 years old like I wanted a childhood not even a childhood I was like eight like the teens through your 20s supposed to be the best time of your life not the worst time of your life but yeah.
0: well I mean um, the, the, the time period where you find yourself right
1: yeah, exactly. And you're not gonna find yourself in the back of the grocery store getting yelled at by grandma stocking bananas. You're not.
0: <laughs> I mean, you might. You never know. Like you <laughs> you, know, somebody you definitely might find, might find your life that. balance yeah. and
1: figure out well, what am I worth when you're doing that. Right. But you definitely. In my opinion, I found myself staring at an ocean and relaxing and being away from all of these people. <laughs> exactly. But. Um, yeah, I definitely think everyone should have a break from their job and get to enjoy it with their friends and family. It's definitely the most important thing. Is, And I've definitely learned don't bring work home. Don't, uh, like, well and, well, and let me, because I, I know exactly what yeah, you're going to say. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'm going to put it in your words. Definitely when your wife asks, hey, what's going on, type deal, you definitely talk about it. But if you're in a bad mood at work, you don't come home and just screaming at your wife just because you had a bad day, type sure. deal. You In my opinion, I think if you're having a bad day and you're coming home and you're angry, sit in your car for ten minutes, turn on your favorite song, breathe, and then go inside the house.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, and and that directly relates back to something that we talked about in a previous episode of just finding your release. So, you know, again for me, that's you know my my commute home is my release. So that's my okay. I'll I'll call my wife, let her know I'm on my way home. And then I'll turn on my music or, you know, I, here lately. I've been turning on a lot of podcasts and so I'll listen to those on my way home. And that's, that's my mental cue. That's my everyday. Um, that's my everyday routine of, okay, I'm going to turn this on. This is my mental separation from work and I'm going home now. But I think, you know, before, before Bailey goes on, um, one thing to keep in mind for this is this isn't stuff that works for everybody because some people actually do the exact opposite and they thrive when they bring work home with them, because that's the one place where they feel like they can get stuff done or, you know, whatever the case may be. So we'll, we'll get into more of that here in a second, you know, and and, and let Bailey talk about his work life balance. Then I'll talk about some alternatives.
1: Yeah, I agree with you being like doing work at home is, definitely like i guess i can use now for example is because ingles like the grocery store i didn't bring much home i didn't bring the groceries home to stock from (laughs) my house so like but the job i have now which is like i live at my job like my apartment is connected to where my job is on the other side so it's i never really get to escape my job if that makes sense like people will call me and be like, Hey, can you do this? And it's like, but I'm off work. And then they're like, but you're at the office. You're already there. The computer's right in front of you type deal, yeah, yeah. you know? And that's the worst thing. So I've tried to like, make sure work does not come through my doors after six o'clock. Like after that, it's like, Nope, I'm done. I'm out. Blah, blah, blah. But it, it just doesn't happen. Like, I mean, for the job I'm doing though, is it, you got to be on it until it happens. It's it's a 24 seven grace period.
0: Absolutely. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, Bailey, you can keep talking real quick. I got a phone call that keeps coming up, so I'll be right back.
1: Okay, no problem. But go um, ahead and keep talking. But yeah, anyways. Yeah, I will. Um, Anyways, like, Funny said, like, Bringing work home is its a very risky business. It is, there's some people that want to bring it home because it's their quiet place. They're in their own personal office and they have their own music going and not the elevator music that plays in their office at work, I guess you could say. Um, it's just the moment, like I said, the moment they're alone and they don't have anyone asking them nine million questions every five seconds and throwing their focus off. But... Yeah, I I guess. I don't really know how to explain it anymore after that. It's definitely a 50-50 bland. You have to do it or you don't type deal. And I feel like an idiot for what I'm saying because I don't know if it makes sense or not. But um, for more life balance stuff, uh, funny I'll have to elaborate on more of it. He's done more than me. He's he's in the adulthood of more than what I do because my job is kind of – laid back now compared to what it used to be my when I did my life balance stuff it was more of a I had no choice my job was going to make me sit there for 80 hours or not so that's all I got for it so I'll wait till he returns but well, actually, uh, I'm, anyone I'm, have I'm any back. questions in the chat Oh, great. <laughs> I'm Whoa, back. Look sorry, that.
0: <laughs> sorry my mom, I was freaking out because my like my mom called me and she never calls me twice in a row unless like usually she'll just shoot me a text or something she called me twice in a row and I was like um is she okay something going on what's up she yeah she's calling exactly. to let me my trunk was open and to see if anybody was in the living room so we're good I was just a little concerned oh, okay. there for a minute <laughs> it's like oh god um so <clears throat> I'll be honest I didn't hear your last part of it but I'm gonna assume that you were still talking about your work-life balance yes
1: Yeah. same thing same thing I okay. was going like people like you were saying that some people thrive to come home and do their work because like maybe because they, they get to sit in their personal office with their music and not like elevator music. And yeah. There's not 9 million people walking past their door and breaking their line of focus, stuff like yeah,
0: that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think, you know, the flip side of that is also true. Um, and, and then I'll go, I'll go, I'll give you all kind of a background of my work history and, and talk about work life balance for me and how it developed. Um, but I think one thing, uh, to keep in mind with this is that again, this is just what works for me and Bailey. So it may be that you're, um, you don't have the luxury of having like a, a work life balance because you don't have the time to get away from it or you work from home. And so then you have to kind of create this different sort of work life balance where you're able to separate like, okay, I'm in my office. So now that I'm out of my office, I'm no longer in work mode or, you know, whatever the case may be. So I I know that there are a lot of different situations and backgrounds like streamers don't necessarily get away from their work uh, quite as easily as everybody else because their work's on the Internet and the Internet's everywhere. So they have to like disconnect. Um, So point being different life circumstances means different work life balance. The important part is that you find what works for you. Because um, ultimately, again, this is just kind of a food for thought kind of thing. Um, so, you know, hopefully hearing what works for me and Bailey, you'll be able to find something that works for you in the process. Um, you happy middle. Exactly. Exactly. That is 100% it. Um, so with that being said, uh, quick work history for me, I did not have the uh the major um I guess traumatic experience that Bailey did as far as work is concerned because really I had it pretty easy if I'm being honest. <laughs> like um I, I I still have it easy uh comparatively speaking to a lot of other people out there. Um so I'm I'm gonna have a very different approach with this. But ultimately the Um, the thing, the thing that I've had and my experience with, um, I used to work as a package handler and I worked night shift doing that. And I did a program that allowed me to basically get my college paid for, which was freaking incredible because then all I had to worry about was paying money for books and, um, because I was lucky enough to have support from home, I didn't really have to worry about that either. My mom and my dad and whoever else would, um, help me out with book costs since I took care of what they were going to help me with, which was college. And, um, and so then, yeah, they kind of, uh, spread the money elsewhere and allowed me to not have to worry about that, which was really nice. And, I think I value that more and more every day because that I realize that that is an incredible opportunity that most people won't get. And I only had to work part time to make that happen. Like I was just working about four hours a night. Granted it was manual labor. So it wasn't exactly like the most thrilling job. It wasn't the most mentally stimulating job. It wasn't, um, it wasn't the most rewarding job like I have now. Um, but it was definitely, it wasn't the worst work I could have been doing either. I mean, I wasn't working for Ford where, you know, you're going to have your, um, where you're going to have back problems early on or, you know, the, the different complaints that I've heard with, um, you know, car related plant jobs where you've got very minute, uh, parts that you're having to work with or, working on an assembly line or anything along those lines it wasn't anything of that caliber it was a factory job but it wasn't anything like crazy um and it was night shift but i'm a night owl so that kind of came naturally to me um so i didn't really have any complaints about that either like (laughs) in fact i have the the opposite problem i have trouble shutting off at night because i'm more inclined to be be nice right (laughs) <laughs> but I—that's I, just me. That's always been me. Like if you were to ask my parents, like, okay, well, if um, you know, if Drew had his had his options, uh, when would he go to bed when he was a teenager, and when would he get up? Like in the summer, if I was up before noon, uh, it was a miracle because if it wasn't by my choice, like, it was a miracle if I was up by noon because I didn't I stayed up late playing games and chilling, hanging out with my friends, because. I like staying up late and sleeping in like, that's just always been my thing, but the world doesn't run on night shift. Uh, so that, you know, there's that too. Anyway, um, so I did that for a while. I worked, you know, four or five hours a night, uh, three, four, five hours, depending on the day. And, um, I did package handling and paid for my school and did all of that. And again, you know, it wasn't the most rewarding job, but I didn't have to have much work life balance with it. The, the major balance that I had to manage was the fact that the world is not on a night shift schedule. And so then that meant, uh, and I was doing it while I was in college as well. So that meant, uh, that my family got very pissed off at me at times, um, because they felt like I didn't care or I wasn't making an effort or, um, you know, all I wanted to do was sleep or all I wanted to do was whatever. And then I wasn't making them a priority. Um, so, I, you know, th- that was something that I navigated that I didn't necessarily expect to have to navigate, which was a little bit weird. And then, you know, I had very little social life because all my friends were on a normal day shift kind of schedule. And so they were used to being up around 11 or 12 and they didn't understand the concept of if you call me before 12 o'clock, I will murder you um, because <laughs> it, they if you wake me up. I will be very upset with you if it's unplanned. And neighbor, if you are mowing next to my window and it is 11 o'clock, I will come out and murder your face because I'm trying to sleep because I just went to sleep like three hours ago. So, yeah, the struggle was very real. Exactly. See, yeah, exactly. That's my best friend just came in chat and he was like, yep, the struggle. The struggle is real. It's like, yes, yes, because... That absolutely sucked, and the only the only thing that I had going for me with that was that some of my friends were also doing the same thing, and I developed new friendships um, through work, which which really helped with things. But like uh, my my now wife uh, had to deal with me being on a different shift, and my family healings along the way, and there were some times where again people felt like they were very left out, or they. Um, trying to uh, get me to go do these things and they wouldn't understand why I didn't want to do the things. And I was like, look, you know, I don't, this isn't me. I need some sleep and you're not respecting the fact that I need sleep because you don't get it. And, uh, and so that was a big thing for me was being able to set those boundaries and eventually say, look, you know, I'm taking care of my business. I'm studying like I need to. I'm getting the grades that I need to. I'm doing what I need to do to graduate. And if you can't value the time that you have with me, then you're going to lose out on some time, and that's going to be that. Like, I'm going to work. I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to take care of my responsibilities. And then as time progresses, then we'll be able to have uh, more of a relationship or as, as responsibilities decrease somewhere, then... (laughs) <laughs> I appreciate that, Sam. So, um, you know, I, I really, I, I had my my struggles. So fast forward a few years, I graduate, um, actually a couple years, fast forward a couple years. So I graduate and I'm in my master's program <laughs> and I, uh, I'm also doing my internship at the job that I currently work in a mental health facility. So I'm interning there and my work life balance is again, non-existent because I can't have boundaries because I, well, I have boundaries, but they can't be ones that I want. Um, So I'm one of those people, much like Bailey, where I'm like, I I can't bring this home with me. Um, But I had to then because of my limitations as a student, And the fact that, you know, office space isn't necessarily always available to students and I have to work, I have to apply the things that I'm doing in my internship and in my life or in my job to my studies. And so then if I'm constantly and and let me just tell you, like graduate programs, I, I, I know a lot of people probably talk about this but graduate programs are freaking intense. If you plan to go full time and you tend and, and you really intend to dedicate yourself to that, like be ready for the fact that even though you're interested in that stuff, it's going to be a struggle because that stuff like you want for my job or for, for my field in particular, which was psychology and I, I got a master's in counseling psychology. So, and, and that's that's not even as intense as some of the other degrees out there, like you know your doctorates and your PsyDs and that kind of stuff. Like, be ready for an intense, an intense amount of reading and an intense amount of writing and research and application twenty four seven. Like it is nonstop. It is go go go. If you're not working on something school related, you're getting left behind. Um, just because it is like, and again, it makes it better because you're interested in what you're doing, but everything at that point matters because it is specifically directed toward whatever field you're going into. So you need to know your stuff if you want to be able to function as as a professional. Um, And again, this isn't necessarily true for all degrees. Like um, I know that we talked previously about uh, Gary Vee and his podcast and talking about um, professor Broman's podcast where they talked about like uh, specifically game design and um, business and that kind of stuff and about how, um, how school doesn't do as much for you in those fields. But in, in my degree in particular, if again, if you aren't paying attention, you're getting left behind and you're going to end up missing something that is uh, pretty vital for your career later. Because you're going to be doing this stuff all the time. So you need to know your stuff. Um, So when you have that kind of intensity going on. You don't have time. To go out and have a nice dinner with your family. Like you don't have time. To go. um, Just disconnect for a while. And go do whatever you want. And go take a vacation. Like you can't do that stuff. You can. But you can't expect to thrive. Um, And so. You know, the work-life balance is almost non-existent because you have to, like, you have to dedicate yourself to that if you want to be good at your craft. And and so with that, that helped me realize what I need to develop as a professional. And again, you know, Bailey, I'll get you back in on this but I told you it's going to be a tangent. Oh, you're good. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so it helped me realize the things that I need to do as a professional now, because they weren't what was working for me. So for me, I'm a very emotionally invested person and, um, I care very much about what I do. Like I'm, I'm one of the dweebs that believes in our, our mission statement as a company, or at least our previous mission statement It's changed now. Um, but our previous mission statement as a company, I believe in it. Like it, I, I believe in it down to my core where I'm like this you know I found where I need to be I found my calling I found what I need to do because it believes in instituting change by in, instituting like essentially a national change or a a national frame of mind by making the difference in one person's life and then that creating a ripple effect And you know that one person who's had their life changed now goes out and changes the life of one other person that they know. And then that effect, you know, goes into the other person that they know and so on and so forth to the point where essentially you're changing communities. And when you're changing those communities, then you're changing life in general. And I believe in that. Like I believe in trying to make people's lives better. Um, which is why I do this because essentially, I feel like if we aren't trying to help each other out and if we aren't trying to do what we can to bring each other up and to make life better for everyone, then what's the point? Um, because essentially like if we're all living for ourselves and we're all doing our own thing, which, you know, some people see as the American way and that's fine. Um, but if we're all doing that, then nobody's, there's no community, there's no connection, There's no anything. And I think, and I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure that the research shows that the most meaningful thing for humans in general is connection with other human beings. Um, So, you know, (laughs) if we're not trying to make that happen, then what are we doing? Um, And again, you know, that's not going to apply to everybody, but that's just, that's the thing that I believe in hardcore. So, because of that, and because I know myself, And because I know that I'm an emotionally invested person, if I bring my work home with me, I am messing with the energy or the feng shui or whatever you want to call it. I'm setting up for some bad juju at home. And I did that when I was a student because, again, I I felt like I kind of had to because I was applying the things that I'm learning at work. I'm taking these uh, case examples that I'm working with. And I'm saying, okay, well, you know, what do I need to analyze here? How can I apply that to what I'm learning specifically at school? So on and so forth. When I became a full-time professional and when I was working in my field, or when I started working in my field, I knew that if I continued to do that, I would be an emotional wreck because the intensity of the things that I bring home is much too high for what I would be able to handle on a daily basis. And 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 then it would turn into what Bailey was describing earlier, which is me coming home yelling at people or becoming emotionally raw or upset for a reason or for by, by nobody else's fault, by it being purely on me because I'm not realizing I need to set some boundaries here. I need to I need to separate from all of this emotional rawness and be able to move on from it and separate. So because I recognized that and because I knew that about myself, I was able to set things in place where I decided, okay, my commute is going to be my escape. And and then I get into the thing that I was talking about earlier, which was okay, I need to either listen at first it was music. Um that was the only thing where I was like, okay, this this helps me escape because I'm a big music person. I I love music and, and I mean, I think I go on a whole rant about that um, in the episode of how I cope. Um, <clears throat> but essentially I go in, you know, that is, that is my thing. But now I've found that learning is something else that I really enjoy and not necessarily in the sense of like uh, sitting in the classroom learning because I do enjoy that, but it's not, uh, it's not the same. I enjoy learning by hearing other people's perspectives. And I enjoy enjoy learning by, um, you know, listening to podcasts and doing those kinds of things. And so that's that's become a little bit more of my jam. Um, So because I know that about myself, I can say, okay, this is going to be my release. This is going to be the thing that I use to create that separation between me and work. Because if I don't, I turn into an emotional wreck and I don't want that to happen. Um, So point being the the big picture so that's that's my specific examples and things that work for me Um, big picture i think the thing that that makes the difference for everybody is one know yourself because if you know what you care about and you know your limits and your boundaries that's when you can create these effective um, strategies or these effective things that you can put in place to make life easier for you so if you know yourself and you know that you don't really care too much about your family relationships, then family doesn't necessarily have to be a factor when you're making these choices or decisions. So if your family's upset about, oh well, you're not spending enough time with me while you're in school, I don't care. Like <laughs> you know, uh, if family's not important to you, then you, that that's not a factor in your decisions. Um, or if you if you thrive off of constantly doing some form of work-related project, then bringing work home for you makes sense. Uh, It's something that's like, okay, well, why wouldn't I do that? Because doing this gives me purpose and doing this gives me the drive that I need to continue to succeed. So if that works for you, kudos. Like, that's awesome. That's just not me and apparently that's not Bailey either. Um, Even though I'm sure you love your, your current job, you're also at the point where you're like, okay, well, as much as I enjoy this, I also need some time off and I need some time to separate. Right.
1: Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Like exactly. it's gotten to the point where like my job, I get to work on some of like the rarest, coolest cars in the world and i feel like i don't even get to enjoy them anymore or like even the car shows like something i love to go to and want to do all the time when i go to car shows it's just work 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 and it's like i didn't even get to enjoy that or sit back and just talk to some of the people and get to like hear stories of their builds on their cars and stuff and so that's why i've kind of backed off and like the main events i'll do the car show tracker stuff but like the small ones i'm just like you know what i'm not even gonna talk about car show tracker i'm just gonna go enjoy myself bring my car and just talk to people and have a good time. And that's, Absolutely. that's how I've had to break it down because it's, I tell you it's, it's bad when your passion and the thing you love it gets old. that That's yeah. when you know it's like time to, okay, we need to find some kind of separation and happy middle for this.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and you know, you were one of the very few that were fortunate enough and lucky enough to be able to take your passion and turn it into a job. Uh, much like myself, like, I liked helping my friends. I like, and I continue to like, I like helping my friends. I like talking people through their problems. I like doing that stuff. That's something that gives me meaning and something that gives me value. Um, But I also like being able to turn it off at the end of the day. And I like being able to help people in different ways, which again is why I do this podcast. Like I like the fact that I get good feedback about this and I like, the fact that people seem to get something out of this. Um, I mean, that's why Bailey's on here. Like he talks about, look, I get something out of your podcast. Like that's why I listen to it. That's why I support it. Um, and so because of that, I continue to do this because I know it reaches people. Um, so, you know, I think if you can find, um, if you can find that passion, And you just so happen to turn it into a career then like Bailey said, you know, it's about setting limits with that, too, because if you turn that into your career, then that means that you've got to find something different. You got to find some other form of release. Uh, And so Bailey's done that by saying, okay, well, this portion of my passion is going to be for fun. And then this other part of my passion is going to be what drives my motivation to do business. Yep. So I think that makes one hundred percent perfect sense, man. Like, you know, I, yeah, I, and I, I I know streamers that talk about that kind of stuff too, but go ahead, what were you gonna say?
1: Uh I was I was basically going the same route with the streamer stuff, but like car related. Just like Yeah. When like when I work at the grocery store, it was the weekends or the day I got off and there was a car show, you went to that and you enjoyed it. And you're like, this is my downtime. I get to be around people I love and stuff. And then, like, I was just saying earlier, like, now when I go to a car show, it's like, hey, man, tell me about Car Show Tracker, blah, blah, blah. And, like, don't get me wrong. I love that. It's like, holy crap, you know my business. And people want to know that. But there's also sometimes when you're just like, you want to know about someone's car. You want to know their lifestyle. Yeah. Or you just want to sit back and drink a beer or something while you watch all the cars <laughs> roll in. And Absolutely.
0: You don't want to be the hype man. You, sometimes
1: you yeah he's there's always the guys that are like throwing their business out there and do this do that and then sometimes the business dies because you're not you're taking your business in what you love but you're killing it and slowly smothering it if that makes any sense
0: well and i don't want to put any words in your mouth but i mean it sounds like what you're talking about is is again something that Gary V talks about um which is, is killing your passion because you're turning it into something that it's not anymore and you're morphing it. And so th- yeah, then exactly. it, it, it turns from your hobby or your passion into this other thing that, that no longer resembles the original.
1: Yeah. It would be, I guess like you could say, like if someone walked up to you and was like, funny, you have to do these podcasts. You have to stream on these days. Yeah. No ifs, fans, or buts about it kind of deal. Yeah. It's like, Okay, I was doing this because I enjoyed it and wanted to do it, but now I'm being forced to do it. Now I don't want to do it type deal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yep. one, and, and so actually that, that translates perfectly into another another point that I felt like was really important to make with this. So with this specifically, I think one thing to keep in mind is um is perspective so with that um i think one thing to keep in mind with this is being very cautious about how you view things and how you think about things because uh so an example so i um i work with a guy who uh, plays football and he was talking about how his coach <clears throat> how his coach had put him at a position he didn't like. And um, it's complete opposite of what he does well and is known to do well and has moved him into something completely like. So he went from being very good defensively as a linebacker, for those of you that know American football, so he went from a linebacker to being put on an offensive line then. So he went uh, from a job in football that requires completely different skill sets and completely different frame of mind to something that he, uh, first of all, doesn't enjoy, and second of all, that he um, doesn't know how to do at all. So when I was talking with him about it, I was like, well, you know, so you're talking about how you're kind of like the new guy on the team and you've got all these things going on and um you've got all these these feelings about being the new guy on the team and then on top of that your your coach is telling you that you are most valuable to the team at this position so that says to me that you have some skill set that coach deems valuable because because sorry um, so your coach finds something valuable about having you at that position, whatever it may be. So if that's okay, well, he's got plenty of people that are proficient at that defensive position, uh, but you've got offensive now, or, you know, um, whatever the case may be, you can make something out of this if you want to, for example, you know, you can take your knowledge of that position that you're playing now and use it. Should you ever transition back to the opposite? The thing that you, that you typically do well in in defense, you can take the knowledge that you get from playing on the other side of the ball and use that to your advantage to make you an even better defensive player. Or you can take the skills that you get from working on your footwork as an offensive lineman and working on your hand skills and fighting off uh, defenders to then turn that into your advantage when you become a defensive player and you're trying to get through those offensive linemen. You know the little tips and tricks that they're going to teach each other. You know that you're going to you're going to see plays develop from that side of the ball, so you'll know their blind spots, you'll know their weak points. You'll know all of those things. And you can see this as an opportunity to develop those skills and really dive into it and get an idea, you know, even though it's not going to be the most Uh, the most encouraging thing, and it's not going to be the most thought provoking thing for you. You can still use this to your advantage and you can say, okay, well I'm going to get something out of this, whatever it may be, because coach coach isn't changing his mind. He's not going to budge on this. He's not moving on it. He's made that clear to you. So make the best out of the situation. Show your dedication to the team. Show that you're a team player. Show that you're able to adapt to whatever's going on. And then who knows? You may end up becoming a breakout offensive lineman and get paid the big money because that's what they're worth. You know, there's some of the most important positions on the field. So, you know, ultimately, yes, you can get upset about the fact that you're not playing the position you want to play and that you've been good at, or you can decide to um, take advantage of the fact that you're getting playing time as a new guy, and on top of that, coach is putting his faith in you as in one of the most important positions on the field and you get a chance to play at a higher level than you normally would. And you get a chance to develop those skills that will make you better at the position you want to play later. Or you can just decide to be upset about it and say, I'm going to quit the team and do whatever you want. Like those are your choices. So, you know, ultimately same kind of thing with this where, okay, yes, uh, maybe, you know your passion has turned into something you don't want it to be but you can use this as an opportunity to turn it into something that you do want it to be so you could turn it into an opportunity for networking so that if you want to you know and and i'm just using this randomly for an example for you bailey i know you've already thought about all this um but like you know for, for bailey's example if he wanted to he could turn this into an opportunity to say okay well I'm not going to look to stay in the car game long term. I want to turn that into more of a hobby again. But I am going to develop these relationships, and now I'm going to get established in the car realm, so that when I do go to these events, I'll be able to enjoy myself and maybe be a consultant for uh, car-related events, or I can turn into uh, you know a professional business manager or an event manager or you know whatever. the 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 possibilities are endless. Because you can view that as skill development or you can you can really take advantage of that and change your You know your mindset or your frame of mind or whatever, you know Bailey has those opportunities in in his current position And if he's thoughtful about that and he takes advantage of that Then it turns into a positive situation for him and it turns into an advantageous situation for him Because he has opportunities through that that he wouldn't normally have so you know it's point being it's all about that frame of mind and it's all about how you approach things because your mindset and and um and how you decide to view things changes everything um i'm not saying that um okay well you're in a, a completely crap situation and there's nothing good you can find out of it but if you just think it's going to be better, it's going to be better. Now you've got to, you know, you've got to put in the work and, and you've still got to take the steps and you've still got to do things. But if you're intentional about what steps you're going to take, and if you're cautious about it and you plan things out, you can turn it into an advantage. It's just about how you go about doing it. Um, you're not going to be able to just fabricate rainbows and butterflies out of nowhere, um, but you can make things happen. If you want them to happen, if you don't want them to happen and you just want to be miserable and just put your head down, put in your 80 hours, call it a day. You can do that. That's a choice. Or you can decide to make something out of it and find value in and find that diamond in the rough. You know, ultimately that's up to you. So anyway, that's my, that's my second tangent for the day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was good it was good very solid that. stuff in there <laughs> but you know i think mean, that's that's the kind of things that i have to remind myself on a daily basis so you know am i getting paid what i want to get paid no absolutely not like of course i want to get paid more i want to be able to have uh and not because i'm money hungry but just because i want uh, a comfortable life for myself and my family. Like I, I, I don't wanna to have to worry about bills. I wanna be able to afford some some luxuries. I wanna be able to afford these things. But ultimately am I gonna let that get in the way of, of my current happiness at work? No. You know, I'm I'm gonna take advantage of what's offered to me, which is experience. So I've got the opportunity to do some things at my current job that I would never get to do at another place and I may never get the opportunity to do it again. So I'm taking advantage of that and I'm deciding, you know what? Maybe I'm not happy about X, Y, and Z, but I am happy about A through D. So I'm going to focus on that, and I'm going to do what I can to take advantage of that instead. Does that that make sense? Yeah,
1: for sure. Cool. I completely agree. I I mean, like with my job, I'm not happy with, like you said, Y and Z, but I'm happy through A through the rest of the letters. So you have to pick and choose. You can't, it's never going to be perfect.
0: Exactly. Well, and that's yeah. So that's another thing to consider with this work-life balance is because um, you're you're never never even if you even if you make the job yourself, you will never find a perfect job. There is no such thing. Um, because you may you may find a job that you really enjoy, and that the costs of that job are worth it to you but there's never going to be, and especially if you add any other human beings into the equation, any other human being means that there's not going to be something perfect about your job. It's just, it's impossible. Um, But you can find, you can either focus on the flaws of that, or you can figure out a way to take advantage of the benefits. And if the benefits outweigh those, those disadvantages, that's that's where you know it may not be perfect, but it's as close to perfect as it can get.
1: Yep, exactly. I mean, the perfect job is working on an island by yourself with monkeys and eating Lucky Charms every day. In my
0: opinion, that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. But even then, you know, you gotta you gotta worry about health benefits, man. It's like, okay, well, yeah, yeah maybe I yeah, get. Yeah, that's
1: to- true. Those marshmallows aren't good for you. you know. <laughs> See, so again, you know,
0: no such thing is perfect.
1: I agree with you. <laughs>
0: um yeah, sorry, it's <laughs> I get started on these things. I'm very passionate. These are things that I think about all day. So I'm very passionate about this stuff and I and again, you know, if I can if I can tell you these things and just a little bit of it sink in, then I'm good because if, you know, maybe that'll plant the seed that changes your entire perspective on things and you're able to uh to get the good stuff out of it. right there with you right, 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 right hey everybody, this is Drew again just wanted to thank you all so, so, so much for checking out the podcast sharing it with your friends telling everybody that you can about it rating, subscribing, interacting however you can because you all are awesome and you all are the reason that I do this And the reason that I continue to try and make the best content possible. So thank you so, so much. Um, This is the end of episode nine, part one. Part two will be coming to you next week. Thanks. And I hope that this brings you a little bit of peace of mind. Peace out.